What's going on, Internet? You are listening to Free Cheese and Hot Sauce, the Chicago Bulls podcast pregame show. Today we're here, we're talking Bulls versus Knicks on Thursday, December 18th, 2014, the year of our Jordan. The Bulls are coming in at 15-9, and coming off of a loss against the Hawks. Not a pretty game in any, any respects. But luckily, we're going up against the Knicks, who have not been a pretty team in really any way either. They are 5-22. and They're coming off a 20-point loss against the Mavericks, which uh, is understandable because the Mavericks are good. But still, you, when you lose by 20, it makes you real sad on the inside. Real quick, before I forget, starting lineups, Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler, Mike Dunleavy, Pau Gasol. And according to Joakim Noah, Joakim Noah, according to the Bulls coaching staff, Possibly Taj Gibson, who is also possibly injured, or possibly Joakim. I think it's going to be Joakim. And then for the Knicks, we have Jose Calderon, Tim Hardaway, Carmelo Anthony, Quincy AC, or maybe those two are flipped. I really don't know why that's their starting lineup. And Samuel D'Alembert. Honestly, I'm amazed that they don't have Amare Stoudemire in the uh, starting lineup. Is he not starting this game? He didn't start last game, and it's, like, you guys actually have the media notes. Is he listed as a starter in there? Cause... Yeah. yeah, he's listed as a starter, and I feel like he started a lot of games, but I would not be surprised if Derek Fisher messes with his starting lineup, because this is coming after a game where he got so ticked off after, like, two or three minutes into the first quarter that he yanked all his starters and put in his bench, so I would not be surprised if... D Fish just said, screw it, I'm going to start who's actually caring. Yeah. But the weird thing is, Stoudemire's had a pretty good season so far, at least offensively for him. So I really don't know what more D Fish could want because Stat has kind of been one of the few bright spots on really just the absolute lowly Knicks who some could say have looked worse than the Philadelphia 76ers because the Knicks actually have NBA talent. Yeah, <laughs> it's... Well, I was going to say I really like Samuel D'Alembert uh, in 2K. Maybe uh, Derek Fisher's getting the same idea. I mean, I'm fine with D'Alembert. I'm really not sure why Quincy AC is a starter. I don't yeah, know that's... if they just want Stoudemire to beat second units and they're just like, well, fuck it, anyone can play next to Carmelo because he doesn't pass anyway. He's got, uh... he's got a cool name. Let's just admit it. Quincy, Quincy AC. Nice... It's a nice name. He sounds like in... Like a 1700s British lord. You know? <laughs> Dave yeah. would be proud of him. Yeah, he would be. And the weird thing is, he actually is only 24, whereas I thought he was like 30 or something, because I thought he was on the Kings, just like their 11th man forever. But no, he's actually really young still. He just looks like he's 40. He, Yeah, he doesn't look young at all. I think it's the crazy beard. But, oh, uh... It's absolutely the crazy beard. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, injuries, J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert are out. I guess Smith is out and Shump is questionable, but he didn't play last time and it doesn't seem like he's on track to play today. But if he does, you know, don't be surprised. Uh, he'll probably start in place of Quincy if that's the case. I would think so, at least. I don't know why they would bench anyone else in place of Quincy AC. Um... Notable injuries for the Bulls. Taj is questionable with an ankle, and Doug McBucket's still out. Four to six to eight weeks with that surgery on his knee or whatever happened. Uh, Get Justin, well soon. Yeah. Get well soon, Dougie. 
Does anyone know what happened there with the uh, timetable for his injury? No, I mean, I just like you were saying, could be four to six, could be six to eight. I think the team doctor said six to eight, and Tibbs came out and fed, said four to six. I personally would probably trust the doctor because I think Tibbs is always overly optimistic because he wants to see his players back. But especially since Nico's look so good and our second unit is all right, I mean, let Doug take the eight weeks. Let him get healthy. Let him be 100% before he comes back because even when he did see the court, he hasn't been too effective. So it's not like we need him to rush back. And there's no use in him coming back and just getting re-injured again in limited minutes. Yeah, I mean, he's got his whole career ahead of him with Doug, so I don't... Especially, this is exactly the point in time where I feel like Tibbs would be just fine with a guy sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, uh, it's probably a good idea. I mean, at least he just had the arthroscope, and it went well, and it got all cleaned out, you know? And you don't want to, like, mix that stuff up, especially, like, right after the surgery, so... It's probably a good idea just to sit. And I'm sure Thibodeau is a smart enough coach where he's going to be like, yeah, probably a good idea. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's he won't be he won't be losing sleep over the fact that Doug isn't playing. Fucking get back in, man. <laughs> uh, luckily, the Bulls are playing the Knicks today, which is uh, even if Noah and Taj and Doug are all gone, I think they'll be perfectly fine. I don't believe in the Knicks at all right now. They just... They came into the season with a system in mind, like, we're gonna do this now. We're gonna be a triangle team. And collectively, every player on the team just was kind of like, nah, we're we're gonna be a mellow team again this year. And uh, it hasn't really been working at all. Well, I mean, I'm surprised Andrea Barnani is out still it doesn't i'm looking at the notes it doesn't look like he's still in like i thought he would come back like a month ago i i'm gonna be perfectly honest i forgot that andrea bargiani existed um i mean that's probably probably a good thing for the knicks if you forgot that that means he hasn't made any extremely boneheaded plays that have been played over and over on sports center the fucking shacked and a fool thing or whatever that is on tnt um, so the Knicks, if they're going to beat the Bulls, there's really only one they, way they can do it, right? And that's if Carmelo just goes off. Yeah, and I think the only other way is if Stoudemire can maybe take advantage of being on that second Unix, maybe matched up against Nico, um, but it's just, they, I don't think they have enough players, and the problem is the players they do have are easily matched. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jimmy Butler's going to be guarding you, or it's because he's, well, is he starting actually this game? Because when he comes uh, off the bench, you'd expect in within Jimmy's 40 minutes that he'd probably be on him coming off the bench. But I guess I, it could be a, a slight mismatch if Melo and Tim Hardaway Jr. are on the floor together because Tim Hardaway Jr. can kind of create his own shot a little bit and he can knock down a shot. But it's, again, one of those things where I don't think his quickness could be mismatched against Dunleavy. I think Dunleavy's long and smart enough to be able to guard him. And I mean, you really have three players that are a threat, and that's Melo, Lamar Stoudemire, and Tim Hardaway at this point. And I think e- any of them can easily, you know, be taken care of by the Bulls' defense. Yeah, I just 
I also don't see who's really going to defend against the bull. I mean, Dallenberg's a decent uh, rim protector, and I assume Quincy Acey can play defense because I don't know how else he would be in the league. Yeah, actually, Quincy Acey is averaging uh, five points, five rebounds, which for a guy like him that doesn't get the ball that much and is in more limited minutes than the rest of the team, like he's having a decent season. Like He's serviceable. He does what he's supposed to do. He's just not a like flashy player and he's not going to come in and take over the game so he's kind of someone you don't have to worry about and he is only like 6-7 so if he's matched up against either Joe or Powell that's 6-11 and 7 foot and I think that's just too much of a height discrepancy to really make any difference on the boards I think the Knicks are like the 29th rebounding team also so I just really don't see a way that the Knicks can kind of scrap their way to really winning this game I don't I don't know who's going to defend Powell. I mean, Dallenberg maybe, but then going to protect the rim when Derek and Jimmy are cutting off of Powell. I just, it was a huge win last time. I feel like it's going to be a pretty big win this time. Exactly. Uh, the point that I thought was important was Derek Rose, too, in that who's going to guard him in that Jose Calderon and Shane Larkin? Like, ah. those guys are not laterally fast enough to stay in front of Derrick Rose and if uh, Quincy Ace or whoever is like pulled out a little bit because Powell still has his mid-range who's going to protect the rim and like that's that's a that's a big hole to have yeah. Derrick Rose and it's not like they could even just go like all right we're I don't care who's guarding Mike Dunleavy because Hardaway and Mello aren't particularly great defenders either it's not like with the Cavs where they're like all right, Kyrie can't guard you. Let's put LeBron over here. There's no one who makes sense to guard Derrick Rose on the Knicks. Yeah, and at the same time, too, um, I kind of wanted to mention Carmelo Anthony has kind of been similar in his ailment to Joakim, where he messed up his knee in the offseason, and he got it kind of looked at, came back ready to play, but he just hasn't really looked right yet this year, kind of like early Joakim was before he eventually sat out the last four games. But... Like, Melo is not the same Carmelo that was, you know, that led the league in scoring and that looked really, really good last year and was com really competing hard for his team. He just does not look right. So that's just another kind of minus for the Knicks going up against a Bulls team that should be very, very hungry after kind of blowing a game against Atlanta. But, you know, credit to Atlanta from uh, watching the uh, Atlanta and Cavs game yesterday. I think Atlanta might be pretty damn legit you know so to credit to them that was yeah, yeah atlanta's got some talent i mean we all all of us picked against them to win but i think we kind of have to in a certain sense um yeah i didn't mean to take a, a slight at atlanta <laughs> it, it was more just the bulls were in it and it you know i i meant they blew it as in there's too many turnovers and they were just it was a ugly looking game and then when it mattered they couldn't really buckle down and, and finish it off. But yeah, the Hawks are a very good team, especially after that like thirty point thrashing of the Cavs last night. The Hawks are legit. Shelvin Mack, return of the Mack going nuts. He's the kind of guy that like Tibbs will get in three years and people will have entirely forgotten about him and he'll go off for thirty like the first game. <laughs> He's the next in line for Tibbs' big uh, guard transformation system. He's like the Jenny Craig of point guards. Yeah. There is you Jenny go. Craig a thing? I don't... I, I don't know if it is anymore, but I, it definitely used to be. Ah. 
Well, I'm in tune with things in the 90s, I guess. Anyway. It's a good thing to be in tune with. Uh, you guys want to make some predictions for this game? Ooh, um, actually, since the Knicks are such a storied franchise, oh, yeah, I'm going to give, I'm gonna give a little history. history lesson. Yeah, well, it's okay. It's, it's a new-ish segment, but this is a fun one because the Knicks are actually the team that the Bulls have played the second most amount of times in history, and this meeting will mark the 250th time the two teams have played against each other, both in the regular season and in the playoffs. They've met in the playoffs uh, seven times, the Bulls winning six of them, and unfortunately, the Knicks did find a way in 1994 Eastern Conference Semifinal to squeak out a Game 7 win and move on to the Conference Finals, but that was with a Jordan-less Bulls when Scottie Pippen was leading the team in, I believe, every statistical category. So it's kind of like, did they really lose it that much? And Justin, I know you have an opinion about that game. It was a phantom call at the end of the game. It was pretty much BS, where uh, I think it was, it, I believe it was on Scottie Pippen. Uh, f- it was on him, and then they got the free throws, and they ended up winning the game. Uh, just YouTube it. It's BS, and it ma- I'm still salty about it. But yeah, so actually, this is a really interesting matchup. Going back to 1981, so I believe that this was the second year now that the Bulls were in the Eastern Conference. And, again, they won in 81, 89, 91, 92, 93, lost in 7 in 94, and then got revenge in 96 by beating the Knicks 4-1 to in the Eastern Conference semifinals. And, overall, the record in the playoffs is the Bulls have 24 wins and the Knicks have 12. So you can kind of tell, like, when games matter, the Bulls show up to play, especially against the Knicks, because, again, the Knicks are a very, very storied NBA franchise, and I think it's kind of one of those in small inferiority complexes too, like Chicago versus New York. Obviously, I think Chicago is a better city, but that's a bias. But I think everyone likes to beat a New York team. Like, who doesn't like to see a New York team lose? And the kind of the blue collar Bulls always like to beat the you know Big Apple, New York kind of conceited people. So overall, there's your Bulls history. The Bulls are six and one in the playoffs, and have been playing them since '81. Yeah, it would have been really great for uh, Scottie Pippen's legacy if he had made the Eastern Conference Finals without Michael Jordan and with this basically the same Bulls team. So it's kind of sad to see. And uh, definitely historic, storied franchise franchise in the Knicks. Definitely recommend that 30 for 30, uh, When the Garden Was Eden. That's a really good one about the Knicks. It was a good one, and Phil Jackson plays a pretty predominant role in that as well and it's good to see again it it, like this history segment it's a history lesson for people who might not have been around in the 70s like myself yeah so uh if you're young now you can pretend to be old on the internet and people will like you more uh anyway (laughs) now that we've looked to the past we can look to the future with some uh big predictions uh what do you think chris Well, I don't know if you could tell based on the last 14 minutes of us talking, but I think the Bulls are going to win this one. Really? uh, Yeah, I don't think it's going to be even remotely close. And just for the fuck of it, I'm going to make a big prediction. 109-76 Bulls. Oh, I like it. I love holding a team under 80 points. It might be my favorite thing that the Bulls do. It would be a huge win at home, especially with how the Bulls have been kind of uh, losing a little bit more than they've might like to be at home. I mean, they beat the Blazers, but still, we want all the wins we could get at home. 
Yeah, that was actually going to be one of my key points is the Bulls are four and five at home. And, you know, more or less, there's been things contributing to that. But this is a game against the really, really, really bad Knicks team. They can win, get to 500 home and kind of not look back and really bring back that United center dominance that the Bulls just have always had that they've kind of lacked at the beginning of this season. So this is a really big game. Get back to five and five at home and kind of not look back. But I guess so. I mean, if you can guess from that, my prediction is also the Bulls will win. There's just no real scenario I can think of where enough Bulls are so cold that they can't put up points against this Knicks team. They can't at least defend this Knicks team. (laughs) Don't speak too soon because the Bulls have an incredible talent for playing down to the level of the team they're playing. Definitely, definitely. But at the same time, I don't think... That I mean, even if it's a one-point win, the Bulls will win this game because uh, they're just a better team, and the better team will win in the fourth quarter. The more polished team will win in the fourth quarter. But I don't think it's even going to be close. I'm going to go 185 Bulls. Uh, uh, Justin? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, uh, the only thing I worry about is stuff like turnovers and pick-and-roll pick defense and Amari Stoudemire going crazy and all that kind of stuff. So holding all that, uh, Keteris Paribus, I feel like the Bulls should definitely get this win. Uh, it should be dominant, but I'm just going to say maybe a 10-point win, maybe 90, 100. It, I could see the Knicks doing like decent at the end. And like putting some points up, maybe some fouls, whatever, maybe some garbage time. Um, but yeah, ninety hundred, just keep it even. Yeah, nice even. Two Quincy AC goes two. off for thirty. Exactly. <laughs> if Quincy AC has a big game, I'm uh, I'm not gonna be on the show anymore. Don't just, speak just... too soon. This is <laughs> he's like that Drew Gooden type that the Bulls don't care about and they leave open and then you look back and he's like ten for twelve with twenty points. Like what were we thinking leaving leaving him open so much? I I I don't it's not gonna happen. No. He's Quincy AC will have less than ten points. Boom. Another not all that bold prediction. Anyway. Bowl of the game. Let's uh, go back down the line. Justin, who do you have for bowl of the game? I feel like it's got to be Derrick Rose, just because his matchups just aren't defense- defensively good enough to keep up with him. And with the Knicks probably having to pull out some of their uh, big men out to guard Powell in the in the uh, mid-range, I feel like definitely this should be a Derrick Rose game. Hopefully it is. And that hopefully he goes for maybe 20, 25, 30. It would be nice. It would be a nice. 50. Yeah. And yeah, it would be a nice Bulls game. And it would be a nice Bull of the game to watch, hopefully. Yeah. And to just add to your last point, too, this is normally a team or in previous years that Shump would probably just drop down and guard Derek because Jimmy Butler doesn't have the best offensive game. And if someone just got to stay, would have to stay in front of him. But with Jimmy Butler's resurgence and Trump maybe not even playing, it's going to have to be kind of a one-on-one with help defense matchup with either Jose Calderon or Shane Larkin, like you said. So my bowl game was going to be Derek, but I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler because, again, I think Shump probably will not be playing. He had a dislocated left shoulder recently and he's questionable. I don't think the Knicks are really into playing very injured people right now. They're 
kind of seem to have partially quit on the season. And I think it's just going to be Jimmy Butler taking advantage of his matchup, whether Carmelo is guarding, is dropping down from uh, small forward and guarding him, or, you know, it's Tim Hardaway Jr., someone off the bench. I just think regardless of the matchup, Jimmy Butler now possesses the skill set to either get by Carmelo or overpower a guy like Hardaway coming off the bench who isn't that great defensively. I mean, I look for Jimmy to have like a, a 25 and five game. Wow. That's fair. That's fair. And yeah, I feel I mean, like, I could... it, yeah, I feel like it's really nice to actually have a serviceable two guard. Like since like the, I feel like the last time we had one was like 1998. Yeah. And that's an undersell. Like, uh, even at this point too, he's a stud shooting guard now kind of something we really have lacked and uh i mean like remember keith bogans oh i could never forget keith bogans starting in the playoffs with shooting like 20 percent from three and averaging like two points a game oh keith you are my boy i don't think he ever had hair never never just, never. just born more... without hair yeah, he is one <laughs> of the scariest people i think that have come through the bulls though i i would be terrified if I met him in a dark alley. I'd be terrified if I met him anywhere, even at the Bulls game. I'd be like, no, get away from me. I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. In, in a light alley, even, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, I am also going to say Derrick Rose for Bulls game. Uh, you just look at the matchups, either Larkin, Calderon, or Prigioni. I don't think any of those guys. I mean, it's just another one of those, there's a very glaring matchup issue on the other team that we should take huge advantage of. Well, I like their names, and that's about where it ends. I mean, yeah, the names are fun, but uh, I'm not putting together a whimsical basketball team of uh, whatever whimsical basketball teams might be, the Toon Squad or whatever you've got going on. You need people who can play defense, and uh, Knicks really don't do that. Sounds like a bunch of Spanish wizards, in my opinion. That would be incredible if there was the Washington Wizards and then there was the Spanish Wizards. Led by Jose Calderon and <laughs> Brigioni. Alright, uh, so I guess that uh, brings us to the end of the podcast, so it's time to plug things. Follow us on Twitter at Bulls Free Cheese. Uh, we recently got a new Twitter avatar for about the ninth time. Uh, we're on Facebook, like us there. You'll, you can just search for the name of the thing and you'll find it. Uh, we might be on Google+, Plus. we don't have a Wikipedia thing. Uh, we have a subreddit, subscribe to that for some reason. Uh, if you want an actual subreddit, go to chicagobulls.reddit.com. That's where we take all of our comments and whatnot. And it's a nice little community if you want to join in. Yeah, with the comments, though, I want to really stress, we really, really like comments, especially a guy like me. I am started to increase kind of my writing for the blog, too. We're trying to get the writing up. And we want to, you know, like, as the, the cle- it's kind of come, become a cliche saying, give people what they want. Like, if you guys want us to write about something, you guys want to hear opinions on something, send us a question, send us a comment. You have an article idea you'd like to see written, drop it down a comment, and we'll be, I'll be happy to write. It makes my job easier, too. Yeah, I mean, we... We make things for you guys, so if there's something we should or shouldn't be doing, in your thoughts, obviously, if you say something, we're not just going to be like, well, this guy said it, time to go. Uh, Kirk is soft. Um, we'll, we'll disregard it if you're stupid, but if you're not, which I don't think you are, because you're listening to this podcast, uh, and I say that in a very pandering way, 
but leave us comments and we'll uh we'll think about it anyway anything else you guys want to talk about real quick don't talk about me in the comments i'm gonna i'm gonna try and reach into that streisand streisand effect hopefully talk about me <laughs> use the reverse psychology exactly right, anything from you nope just if the bulls lose uh, it's. I might not be on the next pregame because I'm going to be really sad. And it's gonna, I'm going to. I'm going to be more just be embarrassed for being, for watching that game. And because I'm sure I'm going to watch this game, and if it wastes my time, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah, but it'll happen anyway. Well, it's not like guaranteed. That's not a prediction. I just mean like, you know what I mean. Anyway, before I make another contradictory statement, drive home safely, internet. Beep beep.